Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 68 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody, I'm back. Um, yes. I don't know how long it's been, um, but at least two weeks since I was on this show. Yeah, like I think so. We recorded just before Christmas, so. Yeah, it's been like two or three weeks. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, it was a while for it was definitely a while for me when I recorded my solo episode last week. I was like, dang, it's been it's been a while. But yeah, it's I'm I'm glad to have you back, Joe. I, I like solo episodes, but they're just not as good without you here, Joe. So I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and uh all the holidays are through now, so can settle back into a little rhythm, which is good because uh season three's coming up. Just in time. Just in time. It's God, it is coming up on us fast. Less than a month, Joe. Less than a month. Yeah, it's like three weeks or something. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, three weeks. Three weeks from this weekend. Wow. Yep. Um, and if you didn't hear, if you haven't listened to the last episode, I'm gonna try to to keep saying this for probably like three or four episodes just to let you guys know that I got a job. Boston Uprising. I might be biased towards the Boston Uprising. I'm going to try my hardest not to be biased towards the Boston Uprising um, and still do this podcast because I love doing this podcast. So, uh, yeah, just going to say that at the beginning of, uh, of every podcast now just to just to make sure. I, I'm a, I was a journalist minor, so I, I know the precautions here. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what happened. Joe wasn't on, on the episode last week where I did announce that. Um, and he would like to catch up on a bunch of news he didn't get to talk about. So Joe, catch us up. You've, uh, first, we got to talk about the team rebrands with you. Uh, three yeah, teams rebranded. Uh, just a handful of things there from uh, from episode 67 last week or two weeks ago or whenever that was. Um, and yeah, one of them we have um, uh, since I've been on the show, uh, they've officially come out with the Valiant and uh, new Shock and new Florida Mayhem colors. Um, and so quickly, um, again, just literally catching up on, on these things. So quickly for me, the Florida one is, is good. We, we've been expecting that for literally forever and ever and ever. And it happens. And I'm glad, uh, I really like the, the, like the black in pink and blue, but like the, particularly the in-game skins, like main color is black, uh, which is nice to help distinguish it from, from Hangzhou Spark. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the shock uh, shock skins are fine. I mean, it's just like retooling basically uh, what they already have. Uh, and I'm actually more of a fan of the uh, Ellie Valiant skins than I thought it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I think we'll probably just have to get used to it. Uh, yeah. But now that I've seen a little bit of like the actual skins um, in clients, I, it actually looks really nice with the uh, with the yellow and blue. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's more for me. It's more like I like the colors, but it's the team that the team that changed their colors. I'm upset about because I liked their old colors a lot. So I, I do like the new colors. Yeah. Just more upset that it was them who changed to these colors. Yeah, it's kind of beachy looking almost. Yeah, like that, people I, have said SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I, I like bl- generally. I like light blue and yellow. Um, just confused as to why LA Valiant did it. Um, but yeah, uh, then we, we had a lot of people leave Joe. I don't even know if I've, I think, I guess I probably talked about this. Yeah, I did. Um, I can't remember. It was a blur to me, but yeah, Monty, <laughs> Doa, Puckett, 
Um, I don't think Malik had left at the at the point of when I recorded, so I can give my little input on Malik. I guess we yes. have that in this actually. So yeah, yeah we, just we, talk about Monte Doa and Puck. throw it in now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Monte well. Doa and Puckett, um in advance of this past this past episode, but also now Simbler and Malik since then, uh, all five of them uh, are leaving um, either the Overwatch scene or Overwatch League specifically. Um, none of them uh, leaving esports, I don't think. But uh, or I would be pretty surprised about that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, five really big names, really big personalities. Um, uh, again, my my quick take uh, is I feel like we should all be really concerned, and I'm a little surprised that um, nobody is because <laughs> uh, because it doesn't seem like people don't seem super concerned about it. And and granted. Um, you know they're gonna find people to to take these roles. Um, we already know. Um, uh, is it uh, Jake and ZP are casting together? Yeah, yeah, Jake and ZP um, and Brennan's sideshow are casting. Yeah, that's I see this now here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they bring in Jaws and Leg Day. They'd be cool. But but just um, to have that kind of turnover, um, I don't know. Like contract wise, maybe they were all signed for for two seasons and now. Um, contracts up so they're just going elsewhere but uh, it's a little surprising to me um uh, i know monty's been uh, on twitter already burning some bridges and it's been it's been interesting to watch but um but yeah yeah it's gonna be really super the the talent landscape is just gonna be completely different um yep in season three yeah as far as similar malik go for me because i talked about the other three last week um similar I'm uh, both of them. Both of them. I'm not as worried as Monty Doe and Puckett, who I think were three fantastic pieces of talent. I think Malik was good, but not the best. And then Semler clearly, I think at times was uncomfortable casting Overwatch. Um, and I don't think he ever really got used to it. He got better throughout the season, but I don't think he was the best caster they had in the league. Um, did you see all the? Did you see all the the? Pete Velistica stuff that came out today in the article and how mad Monty is about it. Uh, not that specifically, no. Um, so today an article, yeah, today an article was released um, by Esports Observer. I think it was an interview with Pete Velistica, who is the, if you didn't know, is the commissioner of the Overwatch League. Um, he replaced Nate Nancer, uh, and he's he's the main reason Monty came out and said he's the main reason why he quit or why he left and uh yeah we were i mean we were led to to believe monty quit and then Velistica like kind of shot back and said um that they weren't that they they weren't considering them <laughs> um so and everyone everyone seems to be saying it's probably in the middle of Velistica and monty it probably was like more of a more of like them trying to make a new deal and then it fell through or like Velistica was only offering a certain amount of money for Monty and Monty was trying to get it higher, but, but Overwatch League was like, no, you're worth this much and we're not going to go higher. So if you're, if you're not going to take this much, then, then you can leave. Um, so that's a whole, <laughs> whole interesting situation right there. Uh, but Velistica says that, um, they're fine with the, they're fine with the talent they have. Um, and then that they don't care about the losses they have here. And as far, and they also mentioned, cause everyone's worried about the Twitch deal because the, the Twitch deals up of course this year. So, uh, he, he hinted that everything's going smoothly. They're just waiting to etch out specifics of it. So, 
Oh, thoughts on that, Joe? <laughs> Lots. Yeah, it's uh, uh <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, until we can see how things like really start to shake down. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's I mean, overall, I everyone seems to hate every everything seems to be kind of messed up ever since Dancer left uh, with the talent, at least like they all clearly don't like Velistica as much as they as they like Nancer. And I agree from just from like a person standpoint, just from I, lo- I love Nate Nancer. He was he was great. Nice dude. You could tell he was so passionate about this and he had the idea in the first place. So something must have been happening there to make Nancer leave and for for Velistica to come in and yeah, it's it's not looking rough. I will say, um, the talent replacing Monty and Doa and all them, like at least UberX hasn't left yet. It still might happen, which is crazy because Uber Uber like teased an announcement soon, which is kind of scary at in these times. <laughs> um, but yeah, as long as UberX is still there and Wolf and Achilles are still there, I think those were the top two casting casting duos right there. Um, I honestly think ZP and Jake can be better than Monty and Doa and Brennan Sideshow possibly can too. I mean, they bring a completely different, they're just like funny people kind of, they bring a completely different thing to the table than Monty and Doa brought. Um, but yeah, everything talent wise, this is going to be a very interesting year, Joe, hopefully. I mean, do you, do you see Uber leaving maybe? Are you scared um, of it? Uh, I think that would be, um, uh probably one of one of the bigger um one of the biggest probably one of the biggest losses like talent wise we could get this season uh is yeah if if we were left or and i don't know I, i'm not super convinced that that's necessarily going to happen um um uh, part maybe um you know maybe in part because of um how he sees his position in um you know in the league with fans whatever but um uh, I don't know. It's, it's that would be that would be a really big thing, um, and, and I'm trying to think even who, uh, if, if we've lost, uh, I, I guess one and a half of our three or four regular casting duos already. That, that would be um, quite a big jump for that. And I mean, you got to think uh, season three when you're going to have. Um, you know you're gonna need multiple casting duos in like different parts of the world and all this it's it's uh it's gonna be necessary to have that kind of flexibility if you can oh yeah um have you seen i think on the last episode was when i talked about they like announced our people people from overwatch league commented on reddit saying like almost officially what's gonna happen with casters and basically they're never they're never leaving north america as far as the na casters go Oh, yeah, no, I didn't see that. Um, yeah, so they'll always, if it's if it's a game in, in NA, they will be there on site. Um, if it's in China, they will not be there, and they will be casting from LA. Um, and what's the, oh, yeah, they said nothing about Europe, so no clue if that's, if, if that's the same for Europe. Um, but I assume it's, or Canada, I, I don't know what. I don't know what they're going to do about those, but apparently also the desk is always going to be in LA um, except for special things like playoffs basically. So it's always going to be where, uh, what the desk. Yeah. 
is always going to be in LA. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It, yeah, except for playoffs and the finals. Uh so Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, overall it seems like Overwatch League was doing more pay cuts for for the talent, which is what they did in season 2 already. And it's ridiculous to do another pay cut when now the job's even harder. They have to travel all across America. Um, and it's going to be a lot more work and a lot more like late nights because of that. Um, but no, apparently it's Overwatch League. The other the other option is maybe they're just throwing all their money at Uber because they know like <laughs> that's the person they need to keep. And I was I was thinking to myself earlier, like, Monty and Doa like seem like are like obviously they're huge in esports and and super super famous as far as that goes. Um, but as far as the people who got into esports through Overwatch, I don't think they care about Monty and Doa. I think most of them actually don't like them that much um, in comparison to people who like me who know Monty and Doa from League of Legends and things before Overwatch League. I have respect for them. But it seems like most of the people who got into esports via Overwatch League, they don't really care about them. So I feel like that's why Overwatch League didn't care about them either. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, that sounds accurate to me. Speaking as somebody who uh, never was and never has been uh, <laughs> into League of Legends esports, um, and I mean, you can pick up a little bit of that um, on Reddit too. Um, I mean, because we, we all know how much Reddit likes Monty, but. <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's uh, it's an interesting point for sure um uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's let's talk about that this last point overwatch classic I talked about it like first second last week because i was immediately like this is fake so <laughs> what are your thoughts on overwatch classic oh um it it's i'm not uh super much of a fan <laughs> i think it's yeah. uh, i think it's a different thing for world of warcraft which obviously um is uh, you know where this rumored idea came from uh which yeah we should be explicitly say again you know that's that's all this is just like a rumor uh, i pulled it off a, a unit lost gaming video which is mm-hmm. um always oh, the the number one highest standard of um overwatch mm-hmm. journalism but mm-hmm. um and it, but anyway, it, I thought it was an interesting idea just to to like consider, but I don't think I would play it. Uh, I mean, because because they, uh, they you know you balance the game for a reason, and I think unless if they if they did it where uh, like you you go back it to the start of the game, and but they do different things to it, like they add different heroes or make different balance changes, um, that would be interesting. But it's like I could see. Uh, like either it just follows the exact track that like regular Overwatch did, or they don't ever update it at all, and then it gets super stale. Um, I don't know. It was just sort of a weird idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think this could possibly happen, like a World of Warcraft classic type thing. And I think what World of Warcraft classics doing is is doing like patch by or expansion by expansion. Like they're just reliving it basically. Which like when you when you like it sounds cool, and then when you back out, you're like, wait a second, they're just re-releasing the game all over again. 
and it feels kind of weird and scummy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you like pay, a, and you pay more for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm paying for this game again. Like I already, I'm just paying for the experience of getting this game again, I guess. Like it's a nostalgia thing for sure. I'm not a fan of classics, especially since over, I think overwatch in its first state was pretty uh, bad because you could just spam like the two Lucio two tracer two Winston comps. Um, which it wasn't fun. Those weren't. It was fun, but then it wasn't fun very quickly. <laughs> and for that matter, Overwatch is only like what almost four years old. Yeah, World of Warcraft is. I have no idea, but probably more than ten. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Um, maybe it's longer. No, wait. I feel like it came out like two thousand three ish, maybe. So I think I'm right. Going on twenty. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, let's you're done catching up. Let's move on to this week's news. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we're finally here. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. Get ready for a long one, everybody. Um, cool. Matt has retired from the Houston Outlaws. Um, I was, I was. He's still like he's so he's still in the organization. What is he a streamer now, or what is he? Or I think he, some kind of coach. Oh, he's a yeah. It says non-playing role, which implies coach type thing um which makes sense i yeah they had how many players do they have now One, they're, two, up, two, they're up to 11 now 11 okay so they had 12 so this gives them this gives them a little breathing room so they can pick up another player if they want um, yeah i saw somebody suggesting that um maybe it was some kind of selfless sort of uh, not the team the adjective uh some, <laughs> some kind of uh uh, you know, selfless move that like now you can finally hire somebody else and and whatever. I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> props, to him, props to him if so. He was, I mean, he had a little bit of a downfall last year, and I, now it's just I feel like he's completely irrelevant. When they picked up Mecco, like yeah, he, yeah, it was just over for him. Like last year, he didn't play as much, and now Mecco's here, like. Yeah, no, it's not happening for you this year, bud. So, makes sense. Um, rest in peace, Cool Matt 69. <laughs> um, which, by the way, we're almost on episode 69. That's going to be a big one. Um, all right. London retires champ- numbers of championship team along with the people. Rip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was just my uh, commentary note on our, <laughs> our episode I- list. <laughs> um. I didn't see this actually. Did they tweet this? I think so. Yeah, um, it had like a, a video for it. I think and whatever. Um, but yeah, they wow. re- retired um, all the numbers from their inaugural championship team. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? I, my th- immediate thought is too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess I don't know much about precedent in like other sports. Um, but I mean, as long as you don't run out of numbers. Um, <laughs> you might as well because <laughs> yeah. because it, it's cool i guess um and you certainly would have to wait until all of those players no longer play on your team which uh, <laughs> yeah which for london happens sooner than probably will happen for san francisco for example so yeah yeah i yeah i mean i think of that so I think the biggest, I don't know about San Francisco doing this eventually, but I think it makes sense for London because this is the first championship team ever. Um, 
So if Overwatch League exists in like 50 years, people will look back and be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Those are the those are the first champions ever. They deserve their numbers retired. Um, but the president, yeah, the president of normal sports is basically it, it like takes a while unless you're really good. Like some players, they're so good that right when they retire, they're like, we're retiring his number too. like he's, he's so good that that we're doing it. Um, but I guess it does. It makes sense there. I feel like these numbers are going to be retired eventually. But I think the biggest news is numbers have been retired. That's cool. Like. I think I think that's a cool concept. I like that concept a lot. When uh, when players mean a lot to your organization, retiring numbers is like a big thing for the fans. I'd say. Um, for the London fans, though, they they never really appreciated this team, Joe. You've you've heard <laughs> me talk about that on this podcast before, but <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing. Uh, particularly, when was that? Was that between season one and season two when we were talking about localization and? Mm-hmm. Yeah, team composition or roster compositions and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, the fans were always like, we don't want Korean people. And it's kind of weird and kind of racist. Come on, guys. Um, but yeah, yeah, retire- those are cool. I, li- I like retiring numbers, maybe a bit quick on the trigger. But I mean, your team's completely different now. You got to. I guess you got to let the people know, like, hey, we even though we changed our roster, we still appreciate that last roster a lot. They will always be our first, the first champions in this league. So, classy move. All right, um, Taimu has joined Envy, um, which which is Dallas Fuel's academy. Is it called Academy? No, right? It's called uh, yeah, it's our academy team. Yeah, Academy. Okay. Um, yeah, it's Dallas Fuel's uh, Contenders Academy team, Envy. Um, Taimu, of course, if you didn't know, he was on the Dallas Fuel. And now he's <laughs> no longer on the Dallas Fuel. I mean, I, it would make sense if you like became a fan last year, you would have no clue who Taimu is because he, he barely played last I don't even know if he ever touched the stage. Um, it's true. But, it's true. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I always am rooting for him to get better. Because he was a, he was a, like originally the the best player, so no longer though. Um, yeah. What are your what are your thoughts on this? I think that's generally a good move. I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I think um, either on our last last episode or two episodes ago, we uh, uh, we, we, we talked about he was uh, making some uh, sort of vague tweets about signing a contract and all this. Um, uh, and sure enough, this is what it was. But yeah, I think getting the playtime is good. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, I guess this is sort of like uh, our next piece of news. Um, Mangachu uh, is now playing playing two ways with Toronto. It's a similar sort of thing. That like getting a little bit more experience in the uh, in the the tier two team, but at the same time, it's it's not. Um, like for Mangachu, it probably is more, you know, getting experience, um, and getting getting playtime, like to develop yourself as a player, versus for Taimu, I, I kind of wonder if it's more, um, getting playtime just to like maintain yourself as a player and and keep your relevance. Um, you know, you gotta assume that he was just as much of a fan of this as presumably, um, excuse me, as presumably the Envy Org is, um. Just because you know he wants the playtime, uh, just as much as they want to have his success. 
Oh yeah, I, I he he probably misses playing games. Honestly, it's been a while since he was a he was like the starter on a team. Um, so he's probably yeah, he probably likes this move a lot. He's probably excited that he finally gets to gets to actually play Overwatch um, in a in a competitive game in a competitive scene. So that's exciting for him. And as far as Mangachu goes, my comment on that is. Uh, cool. They got lots of DPS players and better, some better ones than a Mangachu, in my opinion, on Toronto. So I think that move makes sense. I think it, I think it makes sense to give him two way, um, have him get some more playing time down in contenders, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a I think it's a nice move. Anything else to say about those two? Yeah, I'd agree. I think if you're Toronto, you'll probably end up seeing uh, a good amount of like surefire and agilities. Uh, you bring in bring in logics if and when we ever need uh, a good widow, <laughs> uh, if and when she ever um, becomes relevant again. But, uh, uh, but, but yeah, no, you're right. It's it's going to be definitely good for him. Yeah, um, and now Toronto's got two two way players with Rokai, their support as well on a two way. Um, so maybe they're also trying to like boost uh, Montreal a little bit. Maybe they want maybe they want to get some more value out of that team. Um, get some more wins. I guess half the, or virtually half the North American Academy teams aren't uh, going to exist this year. So or this season, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they'll just have a better and better chance. Yeah, might as well take advantage of of one if you have one at this point. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, what else? Or go back to this. Uh, yes, Soul Sand Bedosian, which um, which I'm guessing was the the last factor in London retiring those numbers because um, Bedosian, he's gone officially. He's on a different team, and this is like the most obvious place he could go at this point as Seoul is London Spitfire 2 now is what everyone's <laughs> calling them. Um, and a lot of people are calling them um, actually the worst version of the London Spitfire. Do you agree with that statement, Joe? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I mean... Uh, I was I was kind of a fan of um, the the Soul Season Two roster in terms of the way that they were able to get all of all twelve of their players working together and seeing playtime and having success in the way that they were. Because um, what they placed, they, uh, they they were in the play in tournament, but they lost the first round right last year. Yeah, both Soul, yeah. both Soul and. Uh... And London, London were actually the two play-in true. teams, so um, um, yeah. Uh, um, but yes, yes. Yeah, so I was kind of a fan of the way Soul did their roster last year, and uh, obviously they don't have the numbers for that um, currently for this year. Um, but I, like we talked about when they were signed, I think Profit and Jester are um, were and are um, basically universal upgrades um, at, at their their roles that they came into. Um, I think Bedosin, um over um, over creative basically is is the other uh, the support player on that role, and I think um, I, uh, not having seen creative play for for Genji very often, um, uh, by which I mean at all, uh, I, can, I can only assume um, that same thing. Bedosin is going to be just head and shoulders above um, his quote unquote competition on this role. Um, it, it, to that, you know, to that, and these are really good pickups for Soul, and it's just a matter of can 
we fit in names like Toby and Fitz and Michelle um, into um, these these former London players who are presumably going to be starters. Yeah. Um, so in general, everyone's saying like um, that DPS that Profits code DPS player is going to be an upgrade from Birdring, but that um, Michelle will not be an upgrade um, from what London had for. For gesture, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still, I, I'm still just shell shocked about. Like, I still haven't gotten over the London part of this transaction. Like, that's just the most shocking part. Like, yes, of course, so we'll pick up these three players from like a former championship team, and honestly, they might be the three best players on that roster, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, great upgrades. But I would like to mention that every every player on Soul Dynasty that got dropped by Soul Dynasty in 2019 has found a new team. Um, so clearly everyone agrees that that a lot of those players they had on their team last year were, were talented. I mean, they did make the playoffs. They, Even though people people's expectations for Soul is always so high because they are the only Korean team, right? So they've got to be the best because um, they're representing Korea, and Korea is the best at esports. So even when they make playoffs, which is which is things like, uh, which is a thing like the Boston Uprising, Houston Allies, all these other teams would be like that'd be a great season if they made the playoffs. But Seoul Dynasty, it's just like and London Spitfire, both of them made playoffs, and they're like this was an awful year. We're we're switching it up completely. Um, but yeah, every I would like to know like Fisher, Munchkin, Jexy, Fleta, Hyla, Hailey, and Ryu J Hong, all on new teams. Um, so they they had talent that they dropped for this for this new talent. Uh, I guess the only question is, are, are they more talented than that old talent? Which I'd say probably, but <laughs> uh, but only time will tell. Oh, all right. Anything else to say about this pick up? Um. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that may be about it. Like I said, just just a matter of seeing are they going to fit in well, um, or is it going to be, um, or, or like are they going to are they going to step up to <laughs> these shoes that uh, consistently keep getting uh, placed in front of them? You know. Yeah, I mean it's just interesting to me because Seoul like got only one place behind London last year, and they're and they're like and technically their upgrades are only one place above what they got last year. Right. So it's like they, they completely retooled their roster to be one place better technically. (laughs) So it's just, it's, it's a funny concept to me. Um, whereas London decided let's be 12 places better, worse. I mean, um, (laughs) they're like, let's drop all the way to the bottom of the league by getting rid of our whole team and then picking up the random people. All right, uh, Chengdu Hunters have changed their changed their coaching staff by adding um, Etting, Mali, and Langsa. I know none of these people. Do you know any of these people? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have any any Overwatch League experience or any 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 way we'd know them? Uh, um, I, I don't think so. And so I should clarify that the Etting uh, and Mali and Langsa are new players. Uh, um, uh, and additionally, they changed their coaching staff, but I, I didn't. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I didn't clarify who they were, but um, 
Um, but, but yes, no, and those players also um, obviously no Overwatch League experience. Um, so relatively unknowns coming in um, here for Chengdu. Yeah, all from LGE Huya. Um, and actually, let's see. I knew, I knew, I knew Ating from somewhere because he was on the um, Taiwanese World Cup team. There you go. But uh, Langsa and Molly both were not. But they're all from LGE Huya, which I assume is yeah, it's a Chinese contender team. So. Um, yeah, Chengdu adding some more A-Tings, a tank, and then two supports in Mali and, and Langsa. So, um, which is what, what they need. They had a good amount. I mean, now they have four tanks, actually, and four supports. <laughs> They've got a big team here. Yeah. Uh, talking about the World Cup, um, this isn't on the rundown, but also maybe remember, um, since our most recent show, um, um, uh, Potiphon, the DPS uh, prodigy from uh, uh, team Thailand oh, yeah. uh, in the World Cup, World Cup last couple of years uh, got signed to Eternal Academy. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. I, I think everyone's just waiting and waiting for that because he's still only 16. Like he's been talked yeah. about for since he was like 14. Like <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a bit till all this guy's in the league. Um, but yeah, he's, that is exciting. He is. He's now in, I guess, uh, EU contenders. So um, that's cool. All right. Where are we now? Hangzhou Spark have signed Coldus and how do you think you pronounce this? Mick, Micah? Uh, or Mika, maybe. Yeah. Mika. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> some more Spark. I mean, I feel like we haven't heard that much from the Chinese team so far this offseason. So we're getting some news here. Um, Coldus and, and Mika. Um, they're both from, or I guess from Billy Billy Gaming. Um, they're both from Billy Billy Gaming, actually, which is uh, Billy Billy, of course, if you didn't know, owns the Hangzhou Spark. So they must be related in some way, right? Yeah. And they're both support players, too, which is, that's something. Yeah, that is something. Um, maybe maybe Bebe's got a replacement here. I don't think IDK should be replaced because he's one of the best supports in the league, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, they're just adding some backup supports because they only had two before, so that works. Yeah, but, but yeah, you're right. With the exception of, um, with the exception of Shanghai in particular, we haven't really heard much uh, from the Chinese teams yet. So, yeah, I'll be interested to hear some more here. Um, Valiant has signed KSP, which was very much leaked. Um, <laughs> in a sad way that everyone even God, Monty is literally burning bridges, man. He is just calling. Anytime something bad happens in overwatch league. Now he'll just tweet something and shit talk. Whoever did it. Um, and this time it was sideshow who, because he, so it was an episode of plat chat that, um, he had scrapped from YouTube because he was like, Oh, custom leaked things. We can't post it because it was the valiant episode. Of course, um, and custom leak things, but he forgot that it was going to automatically post to other podcast services um, like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, so everyone, the leak still went out, and everyone found out the Valiant was going to sign KSP um, and drop someone who they haven't officially they haven't officially done that yet. I can't remember who it was, um, but yeah, they got. <laughs> 
<laughs> they got uh, KSP. And at first they announced it as KSF um, <laughs> as a joke. But <laughs> yeah, it's another KS player, Joe. Uh, they love them. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not going to get confusing at all. No, of course not. Uh, and of course, they're both DPS. So it, it, just in case you were worried it wasn't going to be confusing enough. Yeah, they're both play DPS. So um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. I, I haven't watched this KSP play too much. I have heard his name thrown around. So that makes me assume. Actually, I saw him because he's on the World Cup team. So I have seen him. He's on the, the British World Cup team, the UK World Cup team. Um. And he was on XL2 Academy before, and then Samsung Morning starts before that. Uh, so they got a new player, Joe. Um, do you know anything about him? Are you excited about it at all? Uh, I don't know much about about KSP here for Valiant. No, um, uh, I know they're up to to ten players now, uh, <laughs> and I know they're still uh, not a team that people are looking uh, super favorably on. Um, here this season, I think is fair to say, um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, I don't know what else um, there is to say about this team. We haven't already said <laughs> other than give them three weeks and change and see what starts happening for him. Yeah, that's what I say. I, I mean, also on the podcast, Custa did say he thinks this team's going to do better than everyone thinks. Um, which I don't know if it's bias or if he just actually really likes his team. So, well, their their second match of the um, second match of the season is against the season two runners up. So Yikes. we'll see then. <laughs> do they play week one? Or do they? Yeah, because uh, yeah. one's in Dallas and one's in New York. So they do play. I think I have been as a person who's now going to work for Boston and probably travel. I have been just like studying the hell out of the schedule i've been looking oh, at it like yeah. every day it's been ridiculous um yeah they played dallas and vancouver oh they played dallas at home and, yeah. and vancouver the first week <laughs> yeah um that's gonna be that's dallas dallas family it's actually gonna be interesting to watch um i'm excited for that one um but yeah uh san francisco officially rebranded uh yeah i guess i didn't get get to that last week but um, yeah, it wasn't officially announced. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get the official skins. Um, yeah, I guess my thoughts on the official skins are, yeah. I mean, it's a small change, but I like it a lot. I, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I hate, absolutely hated their gray, how much they were doing orange and gray were, were like their main colors, and I hated that so much. Um, and I think the gray looks very much better in this color scheme that they have here. And it technically it's silver now. Um, but yeah, I think it looks way, way better now because the main color is black and I think black and silver look really good together. Um, there's still orange there and it's not, and it still looks great. I think this is an upgrade in my opinion. I, I like it. Um, still wish there was a little more orange, I guess, and less, if they could do like orange, black and like less the amount of gray slash silver they're doing now, that'd be great. I would, that'd be my favorite. Um, but this is cool. I like this. Um, uh, did you already say the, did you already say your opinion on this earlier? Uh, yeah. When I was talking about the other ones. <laughs> okay. So yeah, got my opinion out there on it. Um, talked about similar Malik leaving the patch man is back because, um, 
there was a PTR patch and now it's already live. So yeah, this is a live um, patch. Absolutely. Yeah. So briefly I want to, um, the old skins for those three teams that were rebranded are now no longer available. Oh, yeah. Um, it's through yesterday. So, but, so they're gone now. You can't buy them anymore. Um, they're officially relics of a former life or whatever. Rest in peace. Yeah. But yes, there was a PTR patch on Thursday, January 9th. And that PTR patch was moved to live on Thursday, January 16th. Uh, that's today when we're recording. Uh, which makes that which makes that a seven day PTR cycle. <laughs> yeah, that's the quick, which, that's got to uh, be the quickest one, right? It's it's definitely it's certainly the quickest one in recent memory. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know. Uh, we, we'd have to go back and look at like really old patches, but yeah, seven day PTR cycle uh, for this one. So um, it's live. So I'll just read from the live patch notes. Uh, Lunar New Year is a thing that is happening now from today until uh, February 5th. So that's uh, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks of Lunar New Year. We got skins, um, we got emotes, we got uh, competitive capture of the flag, and we have uh, blitz capture the flag, uh, which moves the flags closer to each other. Um, and you have to score six times instead of three or maybe it's best of six instead of best of three. I forget, but um, uh, but yeah. So that's a new mode, and that's kind of cool. Mm. Uh, there's um, they're doing the weekly event thing again. So the first week you can get a Doomfist skin. I want to say uh, second week is a Winston skin, and third week is Wrecking Ball. Um, uh, same thing with you know sprays and player icons and all that. Get nine wins a week, and you'll be good to go. Nice. Uh, you can now uh, flex within your party when you roll queue. So you just pick several rolls, and it'll assign it semi-randomly based on uh, SR and your, um, your teammates' selections and that sort of thing. Uh, you can also now choose in a custom game where uh, uh, what server you want to host. So that's kind of cool. Uh, if you're playing with friends on the other side of the country, you can play an East Coast game, you can play a West Coast game, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, a few changes to the spectator and replay viewer, apparently. Plus, obviously, full slate of bug fixes and map fixes and that kind of thing. But this was a balanced patch as well. Uh, nerfs to everything mentioned here except for D.Va. We'll talk about D.Va first. Our booster cooldown has been decreased from 5 to 3 seconds. Um, so you can basically go anywhere you want now as D.Va. Um, almost literally. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's a really good, uh, really good patch for D.Va. Uh, particularly with her mobility. Um, but again, nerfs to every other hero mentioned, starting with Baptiste. Uh, immortality field duration reduced from five from eight to five seconds, and cooldown increased from twenty to twenty five seconds. Uh, so not only does it will it last um, a short amount of time, but uh, you can you'll only get it less often. So that's a bummer if you're a Baptiste player, I suppose. His <laughs> uh, ultimate cost, the amplification matrix, are increased by twenty percent. So you'll get that. Um, more slowly as well, which I think is, um, is generally regarded as a pretty quick, uh, pretty quick ultimate as far as that goes. So yeah, it is. 
Um, so it'll make it, I guess, more reasonable or something. Um, uh, May got a nerf to her primary fire. Uh, the slowing effect now um, reduces your movement, the enemy movement speed, a little bit less. Um, used to be a range of uh, 30 initially, all the way down to 90%, um, and now it's 20 initially, up to 70%. And uh, the slowing effect duration has also been reduced um, from one and a half seconds down to just one second. Mm. Um, it says here the slowing effect of May's primary fire can sometimes feel too difficult to escape. If by sometimes we mean every single time. <laughs> uh, lowering the amount it slows by and the duration it lasts for will make it easier to react to. Uh, the time required to completely freeze the target remains the same. So, there you go. Nice. Uh, so, it's a little bit uh, a little bit easier now. And so, that combined with the D.Va buff uh, means that uh, D.Va, in theory, can get away from May much, uh, or at least uh, noticeably, more reliably, too. Nice. Rhesus Fortify uh, got a nerf as well. Damage reduction um, from that has been reduced from 50% to 40%. Uh, so you have a little bit more of a chance of actually killing her uh, while she's using that ability. Uh, Hanzo's primary fire uh, is just regular bow. Maximum projectile speed has been reduced from 125 to 110. Um, and, so the, and they were talking about... Um, the formula they used to calculate that is... Um, used to be 25 plus um, like the percentage to which you pulled back your bow up to 125 um, and so that number is now 10 plus um, plus up to 100 uh, percent so 110 speed max uh, excuse me so uh, you'll have a little bit a little bit harder time hitting things particularly things that are much farther away um, uh, farther away from you and things that are moving um, which, you know, if he's supposed to be a mid-range quote-unquote sniper, it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. And Doomfist had a nerf. Um, on the PTR, it was more severe than this. Let me see if I can figure out what the numbers were on this most recent patch. Um, yeah, whoa, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was much more severe on the PTR. On the PTR, his uh, rising uppercut, the recovery time after using it, uh, had been increased from 0.2 to 0.5 seconds. Uh, which is more than like twice as long. Mm. Um, currently on live, that recovery time has been increased from 0.2 to 0.35 seconds. Um, so a little less than twice as uh, twice as long of a recovery time. But it says um, the primary fire immediately following the uppercut is a little too effective of a combo on its own. So we're increasing the time enemies have to react to it. So slightly, slightly less significant Doofus nerf than was on the PTR, um, but um, numerically uh, still like a seventy-five percent increase. So yeah, uh, bug fixes, bug fixes, and that's it. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice little tiny patch. Um, yeah, on a seven-day PTR cycle. <laughs> yeah, honestly, still crazy. If things could go that quick, then these types of patches is are fine. Like if they do more of these patches this quickly, like then yeah, I'm down for I'm down for this size of patch. But if this is the, this is probably the only patch we get like for 4 weeks and then it's just so annoying to me cuz I'm just like, yeah, these are good changes, but we need more. Um need to keep the game fresh. Um what else? Oh yes. My favorite 
freaking skin. The goat Brigida skin. That's <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. Oh boy. And it's like it's so it's available to buy starting February sixth. It's like a celebration for the for the beginning of of uh Overwatch League season three, of course. And what better way to celebrate than um joking about the meta that drove thousands and thousands of viewers from your game (laughs) (laughs) yep Uh, absolutely a great celebration um it's hilarious to me that they're doing this i love it so much (laughs) Um, they haven't said explicitly but it'll um i assume cost 200 league tokens just like all the other skins have been yep this is an overwatch league skin not to even though it doesn't it doesn't really match the other overwatch league skins it is through overwatch league so it will cost you tokens, not uh, what what are in game currency called for Overwatch League credits? I don't know. Oh yeah, credits. Okay. Yeah, not credits. I was just say coins, but yeah, credits. Not credits. It will cost Overwatch League tokens, which always means it'll cost uh, your cash, your cold hard cash for this one. And I, I I'm willing to fork out the cash for this one. It's or your uh, also it could be your cold hard uh, Twitch watching oh, yes. time. Cold hard if Twitch you're in the United Twitch. States. Yes. Um, which Joe, I'm not going to get as many of those this week. I'm going to have to like turn it on like at my desk or something and have it run while I'm at the games. Um, cause I'm going to be at a lot of these instead of watching. Or maybe finally they'll, uh, with the localization, they'll also imp- implement, uh, uh, drops for attendance oh, somehow. Yes. Yeah. That'd be great. I wonder if I would even get it though. Cause I'm probably, <laughs> Yeah, I, don't know. I probably just get honestly i probably get skins in some way but only boston uprising skins that's true you should uh you should uh talk to robert Kraft about that yeah i will um <laughs> i already visited the office and i did already get a winter hat which is fantastic i love it uh, thanks robert Kraft, for that one technically <laughs> technically jonathan Kraft owns the boston uprising not robert Kraft. so oh, interesting big difference um <laughs> Let's. It's time to get into our preview. Um, only took us 50 minutes to get here, Joe, but we're here. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. If you didn't know, we're previewing. We're we're leading up to the season. We're previewing the whole league. Last, well, not last week, um, near Christmas. So two episodes ago, we started the preview with the North Division. Thank God we got that out of the way before I got my job. There was a lot less bias there <laughs> towards the Boston Uprising, and you it's can true. hear my pure thoughts there. Um. I guess I was interviewing at the time, but I wasn't, I didn't, I honestly did not think I was going to get it. So I didn't, I was still giving my real thoughts there. So if you want to hear, hear that, uh, we're moving on to the South division. Um, and I don't know if you noticed Joe, but overwatch league is copying us by every week. Also doing a preview of each team by division. And they are also on the South division this week. It's true on their, their social media. Yep. So I just want to point out that it's our idea and not theirs. We're not copying them. All right. Yeah, we we started like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we started earlier. Um, but yeah, this is South Division. If you didn't know who's in it, it's the Philadelphia Fusion, the Washington Justice, Atlanta Rain, Florida Mayhem, and the Houston Outlaws. Um, let's start with the Philadelphia Fusion, Joe. Your favorite team in the Overwatch League. Uh, I'm assuming it still is your favorite. It's not changing this year, right, Joe? It's, it's true, yeah. Um, see, they, they coasted through Season 2 a little bit, but uh, the Season 3 roster, I think, is going to be able to earn it back for me. Awesome. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, looking back at last year in the Atlantic division, they got fourth place. They finished 15 and 13. They were in um, that wild card tournament at the end of the year. And um, they they didn't do too well in it because they didn't make the playoffs in the end. What happened to them again? I can't remember. I can't remember uh, the tournament. I think one of their losses was Shanghai. That Yeah, they lost to Shanghai mm. um, in that tournament somewhere. Classic. Um, yeah, they lost to Shanghai in the quarterfinals in the first round. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember I, I remember talking about it and being like, that was the worst possible opponent the Fusion could have had. Um, yeah, because Shanghai looked, looked good too. Yeah, because they, they had one stage three. Um, but yeah, Philadelphia Fusion, they did, I mean, obviously not as good as season one where they got second place and were in the championship game. Um, but this year they, as far as the off season goes, just a little recap of it. Um, they ended up losing some players here. Of course they lost, um, Neptuno, they lost Elk, they lost Kib and they lost Snillo and technically they lost EQO, um, only (laughs) to pick him up again later um alongside ivy fury alarm funny astro chipsa and hisu all right joe um so we're gonna go through a couple couple things here i guess i didn't introduce this format but uh yeah but we'll start off with what do you think uh their best pickup of the off season was joe um and then what their worst loss was Yeah, that's <laughs> it's gonna be a, a hard one specifically for this roster, I think. Um, but yeah, for the people who aren't there anymore, um, oh, from from twenty nineteen. Okay, um, it, it's it's gotta be you know you know you gotta think it's either. Um, uh, I guess I was gonna say either Fraggy or Neptuno, but uh, Fraggy doesn't count because oh, yeah, that was that was during yeah, the season. That was during the season. Forgot. Um, so yeah, you you kind of have to say Neptuno here. I think. Um, I mean, Elk played a little bit for him. He's on the Harrisburg University team now, um, and presumably gonna dominate when um, uh, when the test season finally opens up. Um, it's been delayed for weeks and weeks, but. Um, um, but yeah, uh, Neptuno. I mean, uh, he was uh, one of the most surprising drops um, out of out of that list of drops, um, which I'm sure I talked about um, on the show at the time. But I, did, I was surprised he left. Um, it's it's too bad he hasn't come back. Uh, obviously, playing on Guangzhou now with with uh, uh, Fraggy and used to be Hotba, but. Um, um, it, 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 yeah, Neptune will probably their their worst their worst loss there. But um, the pickups I really like, and for me it's it's going to be either um, it, it has to be either uh, Fury, uh, obviously London Spitfire uh, off tank coming in um, alongside Poco, who I really want to see if Poco plays at all this season, because <laughs> um, very realistically he couldn't, and or very recently it's very realistic that he, he doesn't play like at all, Mm -hmm. which would be terribly unfortunate, but, uh, we'll have to see about that, but either fury or, uh, alarm also on the support role. Um, and I'll be interested to see, uh, again, split for a different reason. Um, 
uh, whether boombox plays or whether alarm plays or if they both or if they both see time um again with very similar hero pools but um both of them are um definitely have made names for themselves in their own right yeah as far as far as what they've got um the tank and support lines are definitely going to have a big shakeup in my opinion here um i think as far as i mean they picked up ivy and then chipsa only if doomfist is in the meta are we going to see chipsa on the starting line but i think carpe eqo probably they're going to stick with until hisu is of age in march um should i go with the meme route and say their best pickup and worst loss was eqo (laughs) (laughs) yeah just for for both things i thought you i thought you were gonna say the the meme route and say their best pickup was chipsa oh but yeah no i I mean i could go that that too (laughs) Um, but yeah honestly i I do think i kind of agree like i at first i thought their worst loss was going to be eqo and probably would have been if they lost him oh oh yeah for sure and then uh just the relief I had when they picked up EQO back again, I was like, that's amazing. Um, Cause I don't think that happened with any other player. I don't think any player got dropped and then picked up again. So that was cool. But if I didn't have to pick EQO, uh, it'd probably be Hisu, even though he's coming in in March, I still think he's one of the more talented players they picked up from runaway, of course. So excited for him to start playing. All right, uh, what's next? Uh, okay, player to watch. Any player to watch that you that you didn't think that we didn't mention here before? I think uh, I'd be really interested to, to see do um, it with this investment they put in on Hisu. And granted, um, you know it'll be like two months until he turns um, eighteen after the start of the season. Um, um, but I, I think Hisu is going to be cool to watch uh, once he does make his debut. Um, yeah, that'll be my that'll be my pick. <laughs> um, I'm interested in watching. God, I'm interested in watching Carpe. Honestly, with like, because he he had lo- like the first season. I think he was the carry of the team. Last season, he wasn't that great. Now he is like signed like the longest contract and freaking overwatch league he's like a fusion for like it seems like he just wants to be a, a philadelphia fusion for life i'm super excited to watch him after he's done that um it's still one of my favorite moves of the offseason even though it wasn't like it wasn't getting a new player it was just like securing your best player for a while and i like i like to see franchise type players in in esports because it's very rare in normal sports it happens all the time in esports it's super rare so I'm excited to watch Carpe this season. Um, so do you think Fusion are going to be top 10 or bottom 10 this year? Technically, where did they finish in the standings last season? I think maybe they were 10th or 11th. They were like right in the middle. Yeah, they were like right right there, I'm pretty sure. Um, 10th. So yeah. technically they were top 10 last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you, do you see this? this team is a top 10 team or a bottom 10 team. Yeah. And uh, again, with the disclaimer that, um, uh, at least I still haven't, I don't know about you, uh, sat down and, and wrote it, written out my actual power rankings. Yeah, I still have, <laughs> not, um, still have not. Is, so there's, there's no guarantee that my picks, um, there'll be an even number of top 10 teams and bottom 10 teams. Maybe I'll have like 12 teams in the top 10, but, um, 
with that with a disclaimer um i think um i think even more so than season two i'm willing to put um this team in the top 10 um and obviously season two was close um it started out decent as i remember um and then sort of slumped and came back a little bit near the end but um but but yeah i'm i I think more confident in this roster uh for this season than i was last um yeah to put them in the top 10 yeah i i'm with you joe i i think they're gonna do better than they did last season um i put them at like 17 or 18 wins this year uh instead of 15 so and if we're going off last year 17 or 18 wins gets you a top five so that's pretty that's pretty good um, of course, it could ble- it could be completely different this year, and seventeen eighteen wins doesn't get you top five. It all depends on last year is pretty pretty even. So yeah, I like the, I love these upgrades. I've I, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of this roster. Um, are they done making changes, Joe? One two. Three, is five. is Philly done? Uh, it's ten players plus plus Hisu. <laughs> Yeah. So they possibly um, can make uh, one more, but I don't know. I don't think it is happening. Yeah, I think um, just like we've we've said last time we talked about this team, if they make a change, they're going to sign another main tank player. Um, as this time continues, um, uh, as they say, slipping into the future, I don't know that. Um, I don't. That's it's becoming much uh, much less likely to happen. I think. Um, so. It, um, the odds are, I think that yeah, they're they're done uh, making changes so far for for this roster. Yep, I agree. I I do still do think they could have an upgrade at main tank, but I'm not sure who at this point because we were saying Fisher before, but he's on Vancouver, obviously. Um, let's move on to the Atlanta Rain, who actually had a fantastic year last year, Joe, uh, when no one expected them to. Honestly, uh, they came out of nowhere. And uh, became one of the best one of the best teams in the league. Um, they finished in the overall standings at sixteen and twelve in sixth place, based off a map tiebreaker with London, who was also sixteen and twelve, and uh, that also gave them second place in the Atlantic Division behind the New York Excelsior. So that's pretty dang good. Um, and technically, they are out of all out of the five teams in the South Division. They finished the highest. Um, out of any of these teams, out of the Mayhem, Outlaws, Justice, Fusion, and them, they were the best team. So uh, if we're basing it off last year's results, I would say they're probably uh, the favorite to take this division. Uh, as far as off-season moves go for the Atlanta Reign, um, they, let's see, as far as drops go, what happened? They dropped Funny Astro, who we just mentioned before, is on uh, the Fusion now. Daco and, and Lair who retired. Uh, and then they, as far as additions go, they got Hawk Edison and Sharpie. Um, yeah, this not too much in the off season. And I don't think it was too necessary, Joe. Um, so not too many options here for best pickup, worst loss. But if you had to pick one, who, who you're going with? Uh, yeah, out of the three, I mean, uh, I, I guess a way to count, uh, worst loss is trying to think about the benefit that uh, the player will provide to your other team, and I think Funny Astro is probably um, is it probably serves uh, that role for Atlanta and Philly respectively. Um, 
I think he's going to get um, more use. I, I think definitely is is fair to say um, uh, on the fusion roster. Uh, so, so yeah, I'll say that's that's my pick there for Atlanta as far as their losses. Um, but then for for pickups too, I mean, it's it's hard not to talk about Edison. Um, we haven't seen him in the Overwatch League obviously yet, um, but he's made a gigantic name for himself on uh, his his DPS. Uh, uh, just turned 18 in November of last year. Uh, finally, you know, active and ready for ready for season three. Um, and Atlanta were you know the ones to pick him up. I think um, it's going to be it's going to be a really big season for uh, for Edison, or uh, certainly he's hoping that that it's going to be that way. Oh yeah, him and uh, him and Erster, just fantastic duo there, if you ask me. Um, Erster was popping off towards the end of the season there. Uh, and then he got baby Bay on, uh, on DPS as well. I guess I'll just to be different. I'll say Hawk. Um, just excited to see some more Atlanta Academy players in the league in general. Um, because apparently this was Atlanta Academy was like the team who was beating overwatch league teams and scrims. Um, and they, they did very well at the gauntlet got second behind element mystics. So, uh, excited to see more more players. Of course, he's a tank player, off tank player. So, yeah, excited to see to see Hawk. Anyone specific you want to watch this year, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of similar faces on this roster from from season two to season three. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I'll say again. Uh, probably Edison here on this roster. I, I want to watch, and uh, more specifically, I guess the relationship between him and um, what, like Baby Bay. I guess uh, <laughs> as a hitscan player, I can't imagine um, that we'll see very much Baby Bay. Um, but oh, again, also Sharp um, is uh, also primarily hitscan player coming over from Team Envy. Um, so try, trying to see what Atlanta does with their hitscan in general, but. Again, how Edison fits into it um, specifically? Yeah, I, I guess I'll just say Erster again because I'm. He was. <laughs> I mean, he was starting to. He was starting to look MVP caliber towards the end. I'm wondering if he can keep that up. Um, and and he was doing a real good job of carrying this team. So, especially in that in that huge win versus the Shock, of course, um, the only team to beat the Shock in the playoffs. Crazy. So technically, they should be champions. Um, that's what all the Atlanta fans would say. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Erster. Top 10 or bottom 10 for, for this Atlanta Reign team, of course, as I mentioned before. They got top 10 last year. They got sixth. They made the playoffs, didn't even have to play in play-ins. What are you thinking this year, Joe? Yeah, I think uh, whether or not Dogman is, in fact, a feeder, uh, <laughs> they're probably... <laughs> or, no, no, wait, no, that was Cruz. Sorry. Uh, the the came, came out of Dogman's mouth. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I suppose the statement is still true, though. Uh, whether or not Dogman is a feeder, uh, they'll. <laughs> I think they are uh, headed for the top ten again, um, again this season. Um, I actually don't. Uh, I, I want to wait till we talk about the rest of the teams before I say, um, um, solidly that Philly and Atlanta are probably the top two in the in the division because actually uh, some of these other ones have had some good pickups but we'll talk about that okay uh yeah I'm, yeah i think it'd be 
I, I think the only reasonable like excuse for Atlanta not being in the top ten again is like they didn't make enough pickups or everyone went past them with their pickups, but I don't think they did. I think Edison's a great pickup and will help this team out a lot and make the team better than they were last year. So by that logic, I uh, got to give them a top 10 again. So um, done making changes. I don't know if the, they officially are. They don't have that many players. They could, they still have room. So, um, but I, I, I don't know what they need. I don't think, I don't think they needed anything going into this off season. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, let's move on to Florida mayhem. Um, Florida mayhem, of course, everyone knows the Florida mayhem, the, the 20th place team last year, Florida mayhem. They went six and 22, 10th at the Atlantic division. Um, man, oh man, this team, uh, they, of course their biggest change in the off season, according to everyone is the color change, right, Joe? Um, fantastic <laughs> change, uh, but no, they lost Swan, DPI, Zephyr, Rain, and Hagopin. As far as additions go, uh, they added Yaki and Gangnam Jin. Uh, so not not too many additions, but uh, honestly, a lot of their additions happened in the middle of the season last year. Fate, Byram, Gargoyle, and uh, Carrion um, all came in either May or June. So. They made a lot of additions mid-season last year. Off-season, only two, which is kind of surprising for a team that that got 20th, right, Joe? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's. Uh, it, I mean, we know we know that the the Florida Mayhem mo um, so far for for two seasons going on three um, has been you know scratch everything and start again um and so you're, you're right for to that end it, it is a little bit surprising that we haven't seen more uh from them in their off season um you know maybe head coach kooky is is, is taking things in a different direction a little bit but um it, it is true that uh you know this isn't this isn't a team um in a lot of ways this isn't a team that is lacking individual talent mm-hmm. Um, when you have people like Sai Player, you have people like BQB, um, you have people like Fates in um, the off tank role? Question mark. No, he's a main tank player. Um, when you when you have people like uh, Fate in the main tank role, uh, some of the the individual talent isn't necessarily lacking for this team, um, but, but uh, historically, you, you know, we've, we've never been able to. Um, bring that in successfully in a way that's actually worked for this team. Um, and <laughs> I mean, again, speaking as, as league analysts, you know, it, it's going to take a lot um, uh, for, for this team to convince us. Otherwise, um, it, it, as far as that goes, you know, talking about uh, talking about people who left the team. Um, I mean, you, you don't even really know. Uh, I mean, I guess you could mention uh, you could mention Hagapen in particular, um, just because of his, his um, you know quote unquote storied history um, in, in the Overwatch League uh, as as the support player uh, Florida Mayhem, obviously uh, former London Spitfire. Additionally, um, you know it's, it's uh, too bad to see him go and then obviously not be picked up. Uh, as of now, uh, for season three, 
Um, and then, you know, between between Yaki and Cunningham Jin, we just don't really know uh, much about either of them uh, as far as that goes. Um, if you have not been following him in contenders, which I haven't been. Um, that being said, um, I mean, Yaki and, and Gangnam Jim both coming from Runaway. Uh, so that's, that's um, you know, as much as just the one team's name can can do for your reputation, that's got to be a good thing. Um, you know, for, if you're a Florida fan thinking about these pickups. Um, yeah, so I, I guess one of, the, one of the two of those, uh, hopefully both of them are going to step up and um, have something successful. Yeah. Um, for the team, I mean, again, that's just kind of um, necessary at this point, which it was necessary a season and a half ago. It's always been necessary at this point. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, for me, as far as like worst loss goes, I'm just going to go Rain just because he's the only one who's on an Overwatch League team now. But I'm just going to use that as, as my excuse for that. I don't know. He's <laughs> on the Valiant now, if you didn't know. But yeah, none of the others have been picked up by Overwatch League teams. DPI is on Lucky Future, who's contender's team. Um, but yeah, as far as between, it's only between Yaki and, and Gangnam Jim as their, as their best pickup. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll go Gangnam Jim, but only because they need supports more than DPS, in my opinion, because I think Saya Player is probably the best player on this team. Yeah, I guess I'll say that. Um, I, I think he's consistently performed and looked good at times. Um, the rest of his team, I don't know. They just don't work that well together as a team. So I'll go, I'll go Yang Nam, Nam Jin, but I do think Yaki is also a good pickup. They could always use more DPS. Um, as far as any, any players you're excited to watch here, any players you got your eyes on that are going to need to, I mean, you mentioned the runaway boys. Do you think, do you think they're, they're the ones who are going to have to carry this, this team? Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it certainly can't hurt. I, I mean, um, probably for people who, if we're talking about carrying weight, I think, um, I think I want to say that probably the support line is where I'm most concerned, um, on this roster, I believe is fair to say, um, you know, so, so in that sense, I want to see vets come in, uh, Chris and Byram and, and step up and, and pull that out. But, um, Conversely, it'll, it'll be good to watch um, somebody like Gangnam Jin uh, on the support line uh, coming in as a rookie, um, seeing what he can do to to stabilize that a little bit. Yeah, um, I got my eyes on Kuki as the head coach. Honestly, I think a coaching has been a huge problem for this team because they definitely have talent here. Like you said, I'm going to look at Kuki this year. Step up as the head coach. Uh, I need some I need some out of the box ideas here. I, I want some cool some cool coaching things. Um, I want some cool plays written up. That'd be fun. As far as top ten or bottom ten, of course they were the very bottom of the bottom ten last year. Joe, do you see them becoming a top ten team uh, this year? I do not. No. What? <laughs> that's, and that's uh, Joe. Um, it, it's pretty blunt, but uh, that's just kind of as uh, is, is kind of where I'm at but right now. They're pink and blue now. It's true; they are pink and blue now. Maybe they'll get um, maybe 
Uh, maybe Gushui will get confused and ride back on the Florida bus, and they'll just adopt him <laughs> into the team. Yeah. But um, other than that, yeah, it's it's not uh, going to be super. <laughs> not going to be uh, super easy at all. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Bottom ten, easy, easy bottom ten choice for me. Um, yeah, I don't. Even if they're better, I think their top tops like barely eking into the play in tournament would be like such a good year for them. If you ask me, um, getting 12th would be just like a huge moment for Florida after the, I mean, they're right now with the Shanghai dragons. Great, great, uh, year last year in comparison. Yeah. Things are, (laughs) things are looking bad for Florida, man. They're just looked at as the worst franchise in this league right now. So um, are they done making changes? Mm, I wouldn't be done if I were them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, that's that's always been our, our benefit of uh, being an, an armchair uh, armchair coach, armchair personnel <laughs> yes, person, yes. and just being like, yeah, we have to, you know, uh, you, you know, trying to yell at bare hands from from a, across the other side of a a podcasting microphone mm-hmm. but uh, it, it, based on uh, based on based on times and you know stuff we've seen i think they probably are done i mean uh, we talked about you know their most recent signing um is all the way back at the end of november uh even before thanksgiving i think um and you know that's um they, they seem to be pretty content with what they've got um you know change up the players and then you can focus on changing up your colors and that's and that's done now too um so i imagine they sit on what they have and um um unfortunately uh maybe in for a bit of a rude awakening come uh uh come february 8th but we'll see yeah i'll give them props they before they were just like it's not working throw them all out throw all the players out and now they're finally just like okay we could I bet we could try to make this work with good coaching and because there's talent on this team. So I'll give him props for that. Let's move on to the Houston Outlaws, though. Um, a team, another team that made a lot of moves this offseason. They lost Arhan, Bonnie, Jake, and Cool Matt, as announced today by us. Um, and they have added um, where's the start? They have added hydration, blase, repel, mecco, and Jexy. My God, what an off season for the Houston Outlaws! <laughs> um, hands Pretty together much. for for these guys. But um, Joe, best pickup of the off season for the Houston Outlaws. Oof, it's that's it's a really that's a hard one. Yeah, because uh, there's there's like three I could say. Because uh, I, I I could say Mecco, um, which when I introduce it like that way it means I'm not going to. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, coming in, obviously from New York Excelsior, um, I could say somebody like Rappel uh, from Vancouver Titans um, in the support line, but I'm, I'm going to pick Hydration uh, <laughs> in the DPS. Um, I think he's got a much bigger uh, projectile pool, or at least certainly is comfortable using a much bigger projectile pool than Jake, um, and then Jake had is fair to say, um, and and is is really going to fit in. Like I'm. Um, I'm really looking forward to like Dante Hydration. I feel like he's going to be uh, their, their their starting DPS, um, which I think they were. 
I want to say they were both on the 12 man roster for Team USA uh, this past okay. year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that were the case. But, um, uh, but yeah, hydration. I think uh, I'll call definitely their their best pickup of the season. Well, not definitely. Uh, maybe their <laughs> their best pickup of the season. Um, and, and losses here. Um, cool Matt, Jake, Bonnie, Arhan. I'll, I'll highlight Arhan. Um, they, they dropped him in October, which I think was technically the end. Technically at the end of the season, or after the end of the season. Um, I'll, I'll highlight him because he's now the coach of um, uh, the T1 Contenders team, uh, which is the Philadelphia Fusions uh, Academy team in Korea. Uh, so he's straight from Houston Outlaws onto um, uh, coaching a Contenders Korea team. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Um, God, so many. As far as losses go, like none of them are like that bad, honestly. So good losses like Houston like they I mean maybe I don't know I guess Harhan as well he was the best player out of these four cool Matt is also arguably but he just this ties in with my with Mecco who is my who's my choice for best pickup because off tank in my opinion is where they struggled the most spree is great at Zarya um cool Matt is great at diva but they are very much only great at those individual heroes. That's not good for an off tank. Off tank has, is one of the most flexible roles in the game. Um, Mecco, a lot more flexible. That's a really, really good pickup in my opinion because that's where they were. That's where they're struggling the most um, last year. So I think I think that's in my opinion their best pickup. But all of them were great. I don't think any of their pickups were bad. Um, all of them were, were great players, and they definitely have upgraded this year. Who are you looking most forward to watching this this year, Joe, on this team? Oh, yes. So that's the question, right? Again, because um, this is just a completely, um, you know, more or less, a completely different um, uh, Houston Outlaws than we saw uh, the first couple of seasons. I mean, and in every role, they've... Um, made some some pretty solid upgrades um i guess with the possible exception of like main tank um uh, but but only because they've got mua there who's you know pretty solid there in his own right but um for this answer for this answer i'll, I'll say mecco uh on the off tank um just because i was super um super surprised to begin with that uh he got dropped by uh new york um, just to start with, and then bringing in Hotba as his his replacement, I was uh, I, I was a little surprised there, but uh, I'm glad he got picked up again. Um, and it's um, I'm super interested again. I think a couple of shows ago we we said um, like the title of the show was "The Outlaws Have Money Now." <laughs> uh, sure enough, and sure enough, they do, and it's uh, really cool. Or it is, it is really cool, and I am really glad to see that. Uh, this is the kind of thing they're spending their money on. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to point out Dante because I, I like Dante a lot. And I think since he, since he joined the outlaws last year, I think he's been a little bit under the radar because the outlaws were, were never that, that great last year, of course. Um, I never even mentioned, I didn't go through the record. Like I usually go through everyone. Houston outlaws got 16th last year, nine and 19, 
They got sixth out of all the Atlantic teams um, and out of this um, South division, they got third. Uh, they were above Washington Justice and Florida Mayhem, but below the Fusion and Rain. Uh, so 9-19, not a great record. And yeah, I think Dante is one of the most talented players on this team. So I just want to see him on a really good team because uh, I think people, if he was on a better team, I think he could be considered one of the top players in this league. So I'm excited to see Dante. Also, if Tracer ever gets back into the meta, which honestly I kind of miss. So I would like that to happen. Um That'd be fun. I, I'm one of the people who I, I'm all over that. So, Joe, um, we get to the top 10, bottom 10 part of this team here. Of course, as I mentioned, they got 16th, which isn't that close to the top 10. Uh, but is there a chance with these fantastic pickups and this fantastic offseason? Is there a chance? Um, is, is there a chance they hit the top 10? That's a good question. Um, I feel like, again, once I sit down to rank these guys um i feel like i'm going to end up putting them in a similar position like we just talked about to to philly fusion and where they finished um season two like 10 to 12 i think is fair to say um so you know if they have a really good season um maybe they crack it but um certainly top half of of the bottom 10 at least um like like 12 13th um, somewhere in there, I would be surprised. I think I would be surprised if they were significantly lower than that. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going right where you are. I I think I'll I think I'll like go in on saying bottom ten, but I think they're like play in bottom ten. I think they're like eleven or twelve. So, um, and if not thirteen, like just right around there. I think they're they definitely have upgraded this team and they will do better, but I'm not sure if they're an elite team yet or possibly can beat the elite teams in this league. Um yeah, good good off season for them though. Um are they done making changes? Um yeah they can be. I I don't know if they are, but I I think they probably are. Um I think numerically they Oh no, they've only got eleven. I was gonna say numerically they have to be, but cool mat with cool mat numerically they had to be, and now cool mat's gone. So technically they could That's pick true. up another player. I don't think they need to really. Oh. Yeah, I don't think they do either. Um, but again, particularly with Meko um, and Spree both in the off tank uh, position, that's that's all the flexibility you need really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's it's realistic for them to be done and. Again, I think most of these teams, uh, if you're done by now, that's probably a good thing considering we're less than <laughs> uh, less than a month away from starting the league. Oh, yeah. Um, so we get to the last team here in the South Division, the Washington Justice. Um, yeah, this is an interesting team to talk about because when I'm going to read their stats from last year, I don't think, they're, I don't think it represents how good they were at the end of the year because they got 17th. They went 8-20. Um, they got seventh. They actually complete. They're actually completely tied with the Toronto Defiant in seventeenth um, because they have the same map differential. Uh, but yeah, they completely tied for seventh with the Toronto Defiant in the Atlantic Division. Um, they were only above the Florida Mayhem as far as these South teams go. And yeah, but that doesn't mention how how well they did in Stage Four. They went six and one. 
That's right. This team before stage four only had two wins and they got six of their wins in stage four. So this is the most interesting team to talk about because they really started streaking once two, two, two came into effect and their DPS had, had, um, just popped off. Corey, of course, popped off. Um, just did so well. So this is the most interesting team to talk about as far as off-season stuff goes. Um, they actually dropped a lot of players in the off-season. Sam, Sam, San Sam, Janice, Hyonu, Otto, Guido, and Sleepy have all left. Sleepy doesn't even have a new team yet, Joe. That's crazy to me. Because um, I think Sleepy's That's surprising. Yeah, Sleepy's a pretty yeah. good player. Um, as far as pickups go, they picked up Roar, uh, Tuba, and Aim God. So pretty good offseason. Best pickup, though, best loss, or worst loss, not best loss, worst loss. <laughs> when he got you. Oh, this is our last team I've gone first every time. You want to do yours first? Yeah, that's fine. I'll do my first. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Aim God as their best pickup. Uh, I think Aim God is, as I mentioned in our preview of the other preview of the other teams and God was Boston uprisings worst loss in my opinion, because he was their best player. Um, and I think aim God is a significant upgrade from sleepy. I think this is a really good player and they only have two supports on their team right now with aim God and arc. So he's just automatically going to start. And I don't think they could pick up anyone who would start over him. Yeah. I'm going to go aim God. This is like, Gonna be one of their staple players. Gonna be one of their best players on this roster. So, aim God best pickup for me. And uh, oh yeah, worst loss. I would say Sleepy, but they replaced him with Aim God. Um, yeah, all these are. I mean, you can, you could still say Sleepy. Yeah, um, yeah Sleepy. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think out of these players, Sleepy was the best player that they lost, but it's not that big of a deal to them, obviously, because they got Aim God in to replace him. I guess Otto was pretty good too. Guido was pretty good. Yeah, they're all average. Players. Yeah, Otto had. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Otto had an interesting story because uh, I don't remember the details now. because it was yeah when he picked up his first win um, after playing on Shanghai on uh, Washington Justice. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but so my picks for for pickups and drops. I mean. Like like you said, I agree. Probably we have to, you kind of have to go with Sleepy on on that one. Um, it, it, as far as, as far as the worst loss, um, of this off season for the Washington Justice, but um, best pickup, uh, other than, uh, other than Aim God, I am gonna go, um, uh, with with Roar, I think, uh, which is interesting because. This is in spite of um, this uh, legendary hallowed um, fi- Swedish, not Finnish, uh, Swedish tank duo um, of Elivo and Lulsish that we didn't get to see at all um, in season two, despite them being signed, obviously for for visa reasons. Um, and spoiler alert: I think that these this is the pair of players that I really want to watch uh, <laughs> off of this roster um, going into season three. But um, yeah, I think Roar um, is a gigantic pickup in his own right. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, I mean, you, you have to assume he's going to get some kind of uh, 
Uh, this is some kind of playtime, otherwise they probably would have signed him uh, off of the Gladiators. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'll say Roar. Yeah, I think Roar gets Roar probably will get the start if like it has something to do with Korean speaking and if they need it or anything like that. But um, Ark has Ark's like he has very good English. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Ellie Vod and Lulsa sure. It feels like they're guaranteed to start. And as a as a Gladiators fan, I will tell you, Roar is fine. He's not that great. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you spoiled who you who are who you're looking forward to watch. I guess I'll say Corey because he was another person in Stage Four alongside uh, Erster who really just started like once two, two, two came in, like those two players were like, Oh yeah, we exist by the way. And we're really good at this game. Um, and DPS specifically. So Corey, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can keep it up this year and repeat what they repeated in stage four. Like I'm super, I'm just in general, I'm just super interested to watch this team, this stage and see if, see if that stage four team comes out again and they just start dominating again. Like if they do, I could, that, that shakes up this division so much, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Want to talk any more about Elevon and Lulcish as the players you want to watch? Uh, I mean, other than I haven't seen much of them and, um, they were super well hyped. So, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. All right. This is probably the most interesting top 10, bottom 10 to me because they were very bottom, bottom 10 last season finishing, of course. But that was before 2-2-2, Joe. Um, they finished fourth in stage four at six and one. Looked really good while doing it. Um, do you think they're top 10 this year or bottom 10? I think um, sight unseen, uh, with this team that we've got here, um, obviously, uh, as obvious as it can be, um, they're going to do much better than than season two is is definitely fair to say. Um, I don't think I'm comfortable at this point uh, putting them up in the top ten yet. Um, they'll be uh, right up there with Houston, I think, in terms of. Um, uh, you know, significant upgrades, uh, maybe even a bubble team. But um, again, as we as we keep keep ranking these teams, um, I, I can think of uh, more and more that I think I would probably rate higher. Um, even still, and and so it's just a matter of trying to uh, trying to prove what um, the, this roster with players uh, again, some some of whom we haven't seen, some of whom we haven't seen very much of uh while they succeed um and and seeing how they're able to get stuff done yeah this is all right joe i'm gonna go i'm gonna go top 10 and only and it's gonna be because of this reason because they are the team that travels the least out of any team (laughs) in this league i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna say that's the biggest reason why they host so many home events it's ridiculous they're just all over it and i think home field home home advantage is huge um although i do just pointing out their six and one stage they didn't have that many good opponents but the, their best win was obviously a 4-0 against vancouver the, the rest of their opponents pretty bad <laughs> um they lost to atlanta two to one but their other opponents they beat paris houston boston florida toronto which any team could beat 
basically. Uh, but they forrowed Vancouver, which was the moment everyone was like, oh, this seems really good all of a sudden. Um, but I'm going to go top 10 just because just because just because they got so many home matches. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's going to be a huge, huge victory for them. Um and I mean, but in comparison to the rest of this division, none of this division goes to China or Asia ever, Joe. I just as as a schedule mastermind now, I've realized that the North division goes to China, but the South division doesn't. Um, and it's huh. based off divisions uh, because, yeah, North division. Vi- vi- so North division visits the East division, but the East division visits the South division. So the Chinese teams are going to come over to the South come over to america to face them so that seems like that seems like a mistake (laughs) yeah that's just how i'm guessing that means next year they'll switch it so north division will host the chinese teams and then the south division will go to china um because i was looking at it because of course i was like oh when do i go back to la but the north the north division never visits the west division so we never actually go to california at all we don't go and play la gladiators la valiant shock don't go to don't go actually do go to Dallas much, which is like a little bit of a it's like doesn't fit the rest of the schedule. So they're just the schedule's weird this year. But yeah, the whole South Division never goes to China. So they have all of them collectively have like the least tra- time traveled, but Washington, especially since they have so many home games. Um I'm gonna go top ten for that reason. Okay. That's fair. Um uh, are they done making changes? Do you think they're done making changes, Joe? I, they uh, they, got, I, I th- they got a lot left. Yeah, and they've got a re- relatively small roster too. Um, but I think it's same same sort of deal as with um, Florida, like we were just saying. Um, that's just based or Washington or we were just talking about Florida. Yeah, Florida. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the same sort of deal is with them. That I, I think if they were going to do more stuff, they probably would have done it by now. Um, it's what's not looking super likely. We'll see tons of changes before the beginning of the season. I agree. Um, we're getting to that point. Uh, okay, here we go. The final part of the preview. Which So first, which regional team won the offseason? Who had the best offseason? Who's going to improve the most this year? And then this could be a different answer for sure. Which team wins the division as a whole? As I mentioned, Atlanta technically won it last year. If you count these five teams, there was no division. But if you just look at these five teams' records, it was Atlanta, then Philadelphia, then Houston, then Washington, then Florida. Um, but first, who won the offseason? Yeah, that's a good question because I, I really like this um, this Atlantic South division. Um, I liked a lot of their offseasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and um, I'm trying to think, but I believe even more than some of these North teams, just in terms of the changes that were made and that sort of thing. Um, but like for good changes, I, I think I've got to give it to Houston, honestly, which it's, um, it's close between Houston and Philly, but, um, but, but I'm going to give it to Houston that, uh, again, just upgrades on every single role. Um, and they're going to get play time and I think they're going to have success. Um, you know what that success ends up being is a different different question but um uh, but uh yeah with with money the houston outlaws uh uh made some really good really good changes this offseason yeah I, I will say like overall i think the atlantic just made some hell of a hell of a amount of changes here that are really good for 
the Atlantic Conference last year, they were the division, were awful in comparison to Pacific. Um, just as far as stats go, record goes, and all that, like just to not do as well. Um, and I think, which is funny because uh, you, you know, season one Atlantic dominated, and then season two Pacific dominated. Yeah. Um, and maybe it'll swing back season three. It Who could knows? with these pickups. Honestly, I think all these teams, not North and South Division, are are looking improved, except like London, I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> just sigh, just uh, London. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I agree with you. South Division, I think, has some better improvements than the North even had. Um, so I I was looking at South as like worse than the North going into the off season, and now. Like it feels like it's flipped. I feel like the South actually maybe isn't better, but it's definitely more competitive because I, I'm going to have trouble answering these questions here. Um, I'm going to go just to just be different uh, with the fusion in their off season. Um, not only their pickups, which were fantastic, but their who they retained and how Carpe easily could have walked away from this team and probably joined Seoul and gone back to Korea. And, you know, th- not been in Philadelphia. He, I, I, that's just still one of the most impressive retained players retained this off season for me, getting EQO back after losing him. Uh, and of course, just fury alarm, funny answer. All these, all these additions have been, have been great. He Sue, I'm so excited for, I'm going fusion on this one. Okay. We've set our most improved teams. Um, Atlanta wasn't either of ours, but do they technically, I guess, retain the the best of the South division again, even though there was none last year? They were the best last year. Do they do that again, Joe? Or is it Houston? Is it Philadelphia with the most approval? Or is it Washington um, with their best stage four? Who who will win the division this year? Uh, I think here, finally, uh, I do have to give in a little bit to my <laughs> to my own personal favorites, too. Uh, that I'm going to pick uh, Philly this season to, to win the division. Uh, it's going to be close. We we saw some really good matches when uh, the two times that Philly and Atlanta played uh, last season. I think they both went to five maps, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give give this one to Philly, um, and hopefully they don't prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, Joe, I'm joining you. I'm also giving it to Philly, my most improved team, and uh, or my best off season, and who's going to win the division goes to Philly for me. Um, yeah, I just think I just love their off season, and I think it pushes them a little bit ahead of Atlanta, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Philly, but honestly, I think this is way more competitive than North. I think North was like an easy NYXL pick for both of us. I think this one's way tougher because I think it's, I think I could easily see Atlanta being there. I could easily also see Houston or Washington winning this division. I think both of those teams are great too, uh, but I got to go fusion with this one. And I like you like how I didn't even mention mayhem in this entire segment. <laughs> watch watch yeah. them win it now, and and everyone's gonna be all over us. Um. All right. Is anything? Is that it? Next week we got the we're finally going over to the Pacific for the East Division, the old Asian teams, um, who haven't, as we mentioned earlier on this podcast, haven't done the, that much this off season. So that's gonna be an interesting preview. But um, yeah, we go over to the East next next week. Exciting. Anything else to say before we sign off? It's been an hour forty, but it's time to sign off, Joe. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, can't wait to buy the the goat brick skin. Yes, me too. I'm so excited. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to follow us on Twitter, my personal Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. We have a show Twitter at On The Flank Show. We're going to be tweeting our uh, power rankings on there uh, very soon. You can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us at on the flank show. If you have any questions, any corrections you want to make in this podcast, um, you are listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on hyphen the hyphen flank dot pinecast dot co. It's on my personal YouTube channel, John George. You're going to find that via my Twitter, iTunes, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and Google play. Thank you guys for listening and, uh, go play some lunar new year. <laughs>